Hello. Hello, Marilyn. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> Good. <laughs> tell me about tell me about your 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 weather situation. Oh, there. It sounds yeah. like a real cock up. It's uh, you know, Austin's real nice a lot of the year, and then once in every I don't know, maybe this has happened two or three times over the last few, you know, maybe over the last five or six years. We'll get some ice storms and everyone completely freaks out when we get the mm-hmm. ice storms. They close down all the schools or have delayed starts. But what makes it really tricky is the neighborhood that I'm, you know, you've got your don't be creepy thing. I, mm-hmm. I'll just say I live up on a, on a, in a neighborhood that's up on a big hill and people in Austin know what I'm talking about, but just don't, don't be, come on. Don't be weird. You know, but let, we live up. You know, let the mystery be. We live up on a big, big hill, and the main sort of road down the hill is they've done things to it to try and make it better for when it's really rainy or when it gets icy or whatever. But the the slightest ice storm or freezing weather, and that's basically, I don't know if it was an ice storm, if it was freezing rain, I don't know. Merlin, I am I am not a herpetologist. I don't know the answers mm-hmm. to these weather conditions, but... No, no. Um, <clears throat> something happens to that road and it ices over no matter what. And not this time, but the last time it happened, like three cars slid off the side of the road into like people's houses and driveways and stuff going down this hill. And there, so like now people will station themselves up at the top of the hill and essentially do a community roadblock where they're like, no, do you're not allowed to drive down this hill? And like, by what? whose authority? And they're like, we just, a you car like, just went off the road. Any traffic cops? <laughs> That's right. It's like the Mad Max Watchmen. of weather. <laughs> Once again. Yeah. Once uh, again, I, I demand that no one pass this ICA. Right? <laughs> Once again. <laughs> so, you know, we, I didn't run into that this time, but I knew that the, it was going to be very difficult to, to get in and out. And then, and then, like yesterday we kind of had a reprieve, but then today there's the iciness and the thing. And, and it's funny because like different parts of Austin ha- are having completely different experiences. Like there's, I know people in South Austin who are like, oh, it's fine. Everyone's driving around. I'm like, well, yeah. up here it's everything's frozen. So, uh, and, and of course, unlike most cities that deal with weather, Austin is used to, you know, blue skies and yes, it gets hot here, but like they don't understand what to do with anything related to rain or cold. And in, in Philadelphia, I mean, I remember going to school in three feet of snow, you know, mm-hmm. walking in the bus stop uh, with like almost snowshoes on. And in Florida, you know, well, we only got six inches of rain today. This is no big deal here. It's like, we are expecting a half an inch of rain. Schools have been canceled for the month. Everyone gets supplies, you know, like it's yeah. a big, it's a big deal. But I mean, I, I, to me that I'm so sorry you're going through that. Um, <laughs> but to me that, that that's not, I mean, I know we're having fun here, but that's, that's not inexplicable by any stretch because I'm trying to think of some analogies for this, but, uh, something Syracuse and I were recently talking about where like, as you say, where he lives uh, in Massachusetts, you just get snow and snow and snow and snow and snow. Right. And then he he looks at things like, you know, we were talking specifically about the fires here in Northern uh, California. Ah, yes, yes. And how, um, you know, it's because California's infrastructure sometimes feels impossibly rickety. Talking about, like, for example, at my kid's preschool, their, their cubbies, you know, like a little kid version of a locker. Oh, yeah, outdoors sure. Outdoors on a, on a deck, like under an overhang. 
you know, which in in almost anywhere else, maybe in the world, <laughs> right. would become completely insane. Yeah, but uh, right. It, it rains a fair amount for two or so months here, and then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. If you're in L.A., man, you could just keep your kid's stuff on the beach. Like, it'll be fine. Right, right. Like, just and, set, set it outside. Just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the colors will fade, but, like, that's about it. I always but, see um, these TV shows, and they show the, like, hostess for setting a big table, and it's outside. And, like, in the oh, background yeah. on their patio, which is an uncovered patio, there'll be, like, a sofa. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, like, like a not like a ruggedized outdoor sofa, but, like, a quatrine with a nice slipcover on it. And, like, a coffee table <laughs> right. and little wine glasses set up. And I'm like, what the hell's that? And right. I realized after I visited, like, you can do that there. It's weird. Well, I'm looking here at this article from yesterday about what's going on in Venice, um, which is a city that famously is like, they got a bunch of water in Venice. You right. run on a boat. Like, that's the whole point. It's right. a stinky city with boats and everybody loves it. It's apparently very beautiful. Um, the headline here on the AP is, um, Venice is, quote, on its knees after second worst flood ever recorded. Water reached 1.87 meters, 6.14 feet, above average sea level Tuesday. The second highest level ever recorded in the city. You know, people are saying it's just a matter of time. Now, that's a place where water is generally not a problem. But something extraordinary is happening there. And, you know, without getting into the whole climate debate, because apparently we're still debating that, um, that if you are in a situation, if you're in a place that is unaccustomed to dealing with problems at a certain scale, you know, an extraordinary example is like, hey, you can only prepare so much for a tornado. You can basically right. get out of the way, but you ain't going to stop it. Right. But it's also funny because, like, I, I'm I'm the sort of person at the sort of age where I, I am interested in these sorts of patterns. Um, for example, I also live on a hill because it's because San Francisco. Right, um, right. And, Everyone uh, by default lives on a hill. Well, kind of. I mean, <laughs> there are flat parts and there are sunny parts and there are... I live in a cold and foggy part. But, yeah, we live on a pretty... Uh, not like a Fillmore Street type hill where the sidewalks turn into steps at a point. But... And that, that's a thing in the central northern parts, northern central parts of the city and northeastern parts of the city. The, the hills are really quite extraordinary. But, um, but owing to that, when it does rain here, well, what happens when it rains? Well, one thing that happens when it rains and it hasn't rained in a while, as we know in Florida, the roads, the oil that's been, you know, sort of just sitting on the surface of the road, I guess, gets sort of like liberated mm. and it becomes very slippery. The other thing that happens is like... Um, the, you know, trash blows downhill. So even if it's a fairly tidy street, clean street, there's still going to be various kinds of trash. And that trash wants to, it's light enough to be whipped around by the wind. And where's it going to go? Well, it ain't going to go uphill unless mm-hmm. something super bad's happening. Your trash right. don't go uphill. It's going to go downhill. <laughs> and guess what's at the bottom of that hill? Well, the, the grates, the drains that that water will go down. And it's, it's so interesting to watch that. So as somebody who, like, I go down a hill and around a corner to go from my um, house to my office, and uh, I will see the, the area at the bottom of our street at this kind of, you know, sort of arterial in our neighborhood, a lot of trash collects. And when it rains, that trash gets washed down by wind and water. And guess where it goes? It covers up the drains. Like, every single time that it rains heavily. And so, uh, you know, if, if we're if you're lucky enough to be in a community where people are aware of that and care about that, you go and you like make sure that the drains are uncovered. The city goes around and makes sure the drains are uncovered. But that's a completely understandable pattern that's that's repeatable. 
just because that's how physics works. Right. The other, the other one that like it became this. It's so funny when you look back with a little bit of uh, intelligence that all the things you thought were just regular jokes turn out to be very classist and racist jokes. And mm. one of the racist and classist jokes from our time was, well, what is the deal with tornadoes and mobile homes? Why do they hate mobile homes so much? <laughs> right, right, right. And there's a reason that tornadoes hate m- mobile homes so much. It's because it was the least expensive land on which a residence could be placed according to zoning laws. And they are frequently at low points where tornadoes tend to go. They mm-hmm. the tornadoes tend to whip through these open, you know, there, there's a, a as I say, a tract of land that's very uh, low and long. That's the path that a tornado is going to take. Mm-hmm. So ha 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 ha. Uh, the poor people are poor. Uh, the tornado got them. That's funny. It's uh yeah, no, I, but it is, it's going to suck. I mentioned this to you in our super secret private text channel, but it's mm. going to be, it's going to suck. And to be honest, be interesting to see the consequences of, climate change, not global warming guys, climate change, because right. that's the thing is, as we've stipulated on here, it's not a question of everything getting hotter. Oh, it's snowing in, it's snowing in Maine. Therefore climate change doesn't exist. No, the physics are a goddamn mess because of climate change and what's happening. There's a thing on um, morning edition this morning about the way that the, uh, the temperatures raising over oceans are changing the salinity patterns of water in a way that nobody, well, most people couldn't have anticipated. So places that used to have easy potable water now have like high salinity water that's like damaging, it's hard for people to be able to drink. And guess what? It's hurting the plants. And when it hurts the plants, it hurts the wildlife. And the music goes round, you know? Did I I ever tell you? The wheels on the bus, the wheels on the bus of climate change. Did I, (laughs) title, did I ever tell you this story about what happened to our water here after we got, not the time when... um, when we couldn't drink the water, but maybe like a year before that, we got a ton of rain and I didn't think anything about it. And at the time I was keeping, uh, keeping a tank and, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, simple excess. Keeping, keeping a Keep, tank. Keeping mm-hmm. a tank. And um, in other words, I had an aquarium full of tropical fish. Oh, I see. I thought, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. I thought that meant that you had some kind of bespoke private uh, water jug. Oh, uh-huh, no, no. I was, You're I a was, tank keeper. I see. Now, I, I, I'm, a, I have a vivarium, oh, <laughs> which is harder to say. You had an aquarium, I have a vivarium. That's right. I'm not and, a herpetologist. Uh, and, I mean, not, none of us. But no. um, Who amongst us? So I, I, uh, I had, uh, you know, I had to have these, uh, these fish and there are many aspects to what you need to do to keep a fish in captivity healthy. And mm-hmm. one of those things, a very important thing is something called the pH balance of the water. You don't want it to be too acidic. You don't want it to be too basic. You want it to be right in the <laughs> middle at the level that the fish are comfortable in, which is usually, I think, a pH of seven. It's been actually a while since I've done this. Seven is right, uh, smack, seven is like water. Right in the the middle, middle, right? You can do, some fish like it a little bit less. They might like it like at 6.5, you know, so it just kind of depends on where, where your fish are going to be happy. And low pH is a problem in some tanks. Um, it depends on what your water is like in your municipal water is like. And there's, there's even a set of fish, like they're called cichlids that require a, a much lower pH. And, and you can, there's people who will come into the store and buy the water because they, they have these big processing units that 
you process the water with a tech. I forget what technology they use to do it. Maybe mm -hmm. it's reverse osmosis. I don't know, but it, the fish need it. So the point is, I had done a water change, which is something that you do periodically where you, you replace anywhere from a quarter to a third, or maybe even depending on your fish, maybe even half the water that's in the tank based on how often you do it and what they need and what kind of tolerances they have. This is TMI, but I had changed the water not thought I think anything it, I of think it. It's I think it's very interesting for what it's worth. Well, and, and so I had done a water change, maybe a third of the tank. And the way you do a water change or the, the good way, the smart way to do it is you have, a, they sell these things and I forget what the name of it is, but there is a long cylinder, a transparent cylinder that is attached to a very long hose and the hose connects to your faucet, which in your bathroom or your kitchen, which has a special attachment on it that lets you like plug this hose in. And what you do is you turn the water on at the faucet and it pulls the water, th the air essentially through the hose. So it creates a vacuum and then you literally vacuum up the inside of the tank because hmm. you want to remove the detritus that is on the bottom of the tank that gets stuck in the little pebbles. In other words, fish poop and uneaten food. Yeah. And you remove that stuff because if you don't remove that stuff, it starts to convert to ammonia. And that's fine, except for the fact that only a certain amount of bacteria in the tank can devour that ammonia that's there. And so high ammonia in a tank is deadly to fish. So you have to change it. Now in nature, this isn't a big deal because there are plants and other things that are part of the ecosystem that... Uh, that are there to remove the excess ammonia and process the fish waste and things like that. But in an, in an enclosed contained environment, you've got to get that out of there. So you suck suction out this stuff. It looks gross. It flies out the tube, goes down the hose, and then you go back over to the tank. I mean, to the, to the sink, you flip the switch on the hose. And instead of sucking out the water, the water is now diverted to go through the hose back into the thing. And then you fill up your tank and you add the stuff that removes the chlorine from the water and uh and that's that so mm -hmm. i had done it and then like an hour or two later all of my fish were like they were like shaking they were like shivering and they were acting like really weird and i like hmm. checked the temperature i'm like no it's the temperature's perfect everything else is perfect and so i did a test and the ph had dropped to like four and a half and I freaked out and i called the fish storm like it's at four and a half what's happening and and uh the guy's like Oh yeah. He's like, um, go get some baking soda and put a couple tablespoons of baking soda in the water. Wow. And I did. And apparently that balanced the pH like instantly and then they were all fine. And wow. I, and, and so when I went, I took some water out of my tap and I brought it to the store and they tested it and they're like, they're like, Whoa, your pH out of your tap is like five instead of usually it was like seven that's and a half. That's basic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And normally it would be, it should be right around seven, seven, even seven and a half. <clears throat> and so the, the interesting part of it was the guy said, oh, hold on a second. And he, he owned the store. He went back and he did a sample of his own water from their own water source. And he's like, mm -hmm. it's at five. And Whoa. I said, well, what do we do? And he's like, I'm really glad that you came in and told me this. He's like, I need to start telling all my customers, like basically don't do water changes right now. He, he, he actually was some kind of, I think he had his degree in chemistry or something uh, before he opened a fish store. And he said, um, he said, you know, he's like, this happens sometimes when you get a lot of rain and there's certain mm -hmm. kinds of runoff. And he says, and what happens is in a tank, once you start, uh, once you put, you, you, you start getting a decrease in the pH, 
there's something can, can happen where it actually starts to like drop even beyond. Like there's some reaction that happens where you might put in pH of five, but it's actually going to start to crash and go lower and lower. I don't understand it, but uh, you know, that like, that's the kind of thing you would never even think about. And there you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think to, you wouldn't know about, you wouldn't think to look for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know what's going to happen. I just put this, uh, this thing in the notes, uh, why climate change poses a particular threat to child health. Yeah. That's uplifting. So that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've got some stuff to talk about, but why don't, well, perhaps we can kick things off with you telling me about uh, something that you like. I really like Eero. Oh, come on. Eero. Oof. I really, really like Eero. Eero. Love Eero. Runs my whole home network. It is so awesome to have it there. I just said home. I'm yeah. at work. Uh, home is different. I need to get one for my house. I had it at home and I brought it to work because I needed more for this new office. This is the cool thing about the Eero. The Eero is designed to create what's called a mesh network. And they were one of the first people to do this. What happens is you have a small base station instead of some giant, super powerful one with 30 antennas sticking out of it. You have one small little white box. You wouldn't even notice it. If I put down, if I just walked into your office right now, and I set it down on your desk. You might say, oh, I, I didn't even notice it was there. It fit in so well with the decor. It looked like hmm. part of this place. It looks like it's always belonged here. That's your Eero. And it creates a mesh network. And then using their app, you go through the different parts of your, of your house, or your, in my case, my office, and it'll say, you need a little extender here to get perfect coverage. And these extenders, they're called beacons. And uh, so it'll say, you need a little beacon you plug the beacon in and it extends and grows that mesh network that you have. And it is just brilliant the way they've done it because they've looked at these little beacons and they've said, you know what, why don't we, why don't we make these look good too? So they don't just look like some ugly wall wart sticking out of your wall. And the way this works, the whole technology, it's creating reliable, super fast Wi-Fi. poor coverage will be a thing of the past. There will be no dead spots. You won't have videos buffering when you're trying to watch something. It's going to be a consistently strong signal wherever you need it. And like I mentioned, it sets up in just minutes. It all happens with your with your phone. The app tells you what to do. It plugs right into your ma- uh, to your modem or your, your router box. And there is so much that this can do. This is something that I actually recently did. I set up my Eero to be the control point to my network. Now you might have to research how to do this on your own, mm-hmm. but I just, you know, you know that we've talked about at work, how I'm required to use this, uh, this ridiculous, uh, cable modem that they've given me. I actually took all of, I, I took, I, I took its power away. The, the modem no longer controls my setup here. Instead, the Eero controls it. I put the modem into this mode where all it does is assign an IP address to the Eero Now I can control what IP addresses are assigned and how they're assigned. I can do all the firewall filtering that I want to do. I can control the DNS. I could, if I had kids working in my office, I could control like, you know, the, the, the stuff with their premium service and, and filter their content. Like there is so much that you can do with an Eero, but the key thing is it makes it easy to do it. And you can get yours fixed up 
as soon as tomorrow with this special deal that Eero has, if you go to Eero.com, E-E-R-O, Eero.com slash back to work, and you enter the code back to work when you check out, you will get free overnight shipping with your order. You can go to their site. They'll help you figure out how many beacons you're going to need for the size place you have and all that stuff. Go there and check it out. Support us by visiting Eero.com slash back to work and do yourself a favor and use the code back to work at checkout to get free overnight shipping. Thanks very much to Eero for making this show possible. Thanks, Eero. Buck, buck. Um, um, so I got a couple of things here that, that are on my docket. Um, I would, <laughs> you know, you know, this one's always a ring-a-ding-ding with the listeners. Uh, a new <laughs> markdown editor that you've pointed me to. Yeah. I'd love to talk yeah, about that. Yeah. After the show last week, I ran into that and thought this, this, oh man, this I might be about a this. Merlin's tool belt, uh, accessory here. You're, you're what, what well, did Batman okay, call his belt? The thing. Uh, utility belt. Utility belt, yeah. Um, the thing is, though, the re- I want to also I want to talk about this app, which is called Mark Text. Two words. Uh, it's a fr- it's free on GitHub. I'd love to talk about that, but I'd also like to talk about the um, <laughs> another fascinating topic, which is at least my own journey with text editors on Mac and iOS, and how that has evolved through these sort of three generations, and where we are with that stuff right now. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Um, and I also thought we could do an update on a segment I'm calling Synology Corner, where we could talk <laughs> about what we're doing. This is going to be one, obviously, a classic episode. Uh-huh. One so, for the ages. <laughs> Can we talk about Mark Text? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that one. Yeah, so you pointed me to this thing called Mark Text. It is already in show notes. So tell me about Mark Text. Well, you tell me about it. I, I really just, to be honest, I just saw it and said, Merlin, send. <laughs> okay, all right. So I I wanna, will, let me, I, I will take this, I will take take this on one it. over. Um, <laughs> so I'm in a weird, weird place right now because... Um, I feel like we are through, at least for myself, I can only speak for myself, but you know, you've got stuff like the notes app for uh, the Apple ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And it's a really good app for Mac OS and iOS, iPad OS, all those things. Um, And notes has really evolved into a pretty powerful way to have synced notes across your devices. Um, and in, in, uh, really there's been kind of a little bit of a sleeper cause it used to be kind of a, you know, fairly basic app for just, you know, typing in text with this weirdly ugly font. Um, but over time they've added a lot of stuff to it and, uh, a lot of features, uh, and stuff that they have added in the last, I don't, I don't know how long I get so confused cause I do betas, but in the last, I'll say year or two. It's gotten really powerful uh, through syncing and sharing. So you can, your notes will sync. If it, so if it's working right that day for the internet weather, um, we'll set that aside for now. Uh, it syncs between all your devices, but you can also have shared notes. So for example, we have a shared note. Um, when my, for example, when, uh, you know, when uh, Candle Nights is coming or my kid's birthday is coming, we'll, my wife and I will share a list of like, here's some ideas for presents and stuff like that. Right. And um, I have one I share with my kid about like TV sh- shows and movies that we want to watch. Um, and it, it is, it's real handy. Um, I think one of the, I don't know how, I'm, I'm, I will mention this because I don't know how many people know how powerful this is. Um, you're, you're probably pretty familiar with Share Sheets. 
uh, kind of on macOS, but definitely on iOS. You see that little box with an arrow coming out of it? And yeah. when you click on that, you can do stuff like, say, you're looking at a photo in the Photos app. You click that. You can send it to a person, in, you know, with a recent, uh, you know, you can, you can airdrop it. You can send it to a, a text, a recent text group in Messages. You can do stuff like, you know, send it to Instapaper. If you haven't spent time with the share sheet in a while, uh, I would definitely go in there. I would go in there and, and tweak it in terms of what comes up first and set the order, turn off stuff you don't need, all that stuff. Um, I think it's this is very powerful. It's like if, if so, like, let's say you're in Safari and you run across uh, a cool thing you want to add to for consideration as a Christmas present and you want to add that to that note. You hit the share sheet. It's a, I think it's add to note. And then um, you select the note and it will append that to the bottom of your note as basically like a card. You know what I mean? In the sense of like, it'll right. be the link, but if there's a photo that it can use, there'll be a photo. It has a sensible title to it. And, and that's really powerful. You can add, you can add notes or excuse me, you can add um, uh, photos to that note. You can add maps to that note. So for example, if you're about to go on a trip somewhere you could have a shared family note where really you you know you utilize all these things. You could have a list of places you'd like to eat. You could have a list of uh, you know of um, things to do, uh, things to pack, even. Plus, you can have maps in there. I'll mention also in passing a, a wonderful new feature in Maps. I want to say it's called Collections. They've added this wonderful Google esque feature that I've, I've started heavily utilizing. <laughs> I've started heavily utilizing. <laughs> That's good. In uh, Apple Maps, which is like, again, if you're going on a trip, like we recently went to, uh, you know, Southern California, and um, it, it was real easy for me to, in Apple Maps, create this collection that says, okay, I'm creating a new collection for this trip, and I'm pretty sure it's called Collections. And then you go in, and you can say, uh, here's our hotel, here's the airport, here's some food that looks good in the area. So, like, when you're driving along, you could say, like, add this restaurant or whatever. Um, really, again, something that Apple can be extremely good at is... Mm-hmm making all these things work together. I'm sorry, I'm so deep in the stack. Notes is a really good app. In fact, I have a lot of pals who have moved to using Notes for tons of stuff. There are, you know, there are people now who are off the whole text files train who used right. to be like very big text file users um, who have moved to Notes, you know, sometimes dozens or hundreds of Notes. You can put them in folders. You know, with a light usage of reminders alongside that some people use reminders exclusively now for that um but i just want to i have to say for the record i think notes is great and i think it's powerful it's it's something i might end up going to eventually but in the past i have really loved the power and the flexibility and portability of text files and but we are going through a weird time right now so I'm going to really quickly skip through this this history, my my own history with text files, especially on um, iOS yes. and you know to an extent on macOS. I mean, so for the longest time, you were out of luck mostly with getting syncable text documents on your iPhone, and then there was this, there was Elements, uh, there was there's a few that came along, but the one the one that really I feel like started open the floodgates was called simple note and simple note was a service where you could type on your phone and they had their own bespoke syncing service and it would sync across all of your ios devices right not with your mac but that was really powerful and that got a lot of us thinking 
huh, this is, this is really neat. I wish I could have this everywhere. This is really cool. Um, so all credit to Simple Note. Uh, they, I feel like they really kicked it off. Now, I feel like the, the real, the big breakthrough uh, came along when text editors on Mac and iOS started utilizing Dropbox, or as mm-hmm. I like to say, utilizing. <laughs> utilizing Dropbox, <laughs> right, right. because now stuff got real. And it meant that you could have things like uh, NVL. And, um, well, I guess originally it was called Notational Velocity. And, and I, don't, I don't remember if that would work with Dropbox. I'm pretty sure it did. But anyway, it was a little bit hacky at first. But let's just say that it, it very quickly got very powerful. Where you, you know, we've, we're now in this age where you can have a million different calendar apps, a million different contact apps. You have a million different, you know, notes apps because they all are based on pretty solid syncing iCloud syncing has gotten a lot better, so that's good. Uh, Google's calendar syncing has always been pretty good. So you can, I mean, I've got, I don't have to worry about like um, some misstep between uh, my various Google calendars because they do a real good job of syncing. Um, But when Dropbox entered the picture and they burrowed their way into Mac OS, and eventually on, you know, iOS, it became very powerful. And so you got apps like uh, Editorial um, for iOS. Or like I say, I've been using NVAlt for a real long time. And each one could have its own features that did their own thing. But knowing that Dropbox was a pretty solid sync, uh, had a pretty solid sync capability, you didn't have to worry too much about stuff getting clobbered. You know, so you could use whatever it is you wanted to do that was right for that situation. And it was great. It was really, really cool. And I feel like that that's where a lot of us really, for me especially, using stuff like NVAlt on the Mac. Right. Because we've talked about NVAlt on the Mac. It's, it's boring to keep talking about it, but <laughs> it, is an, it is an extremely powerful way to be able to both search and create and edit notes on the fly. Um, you know, and you can have them in different formats. Some of my stuff is in Markdown. I mean, the vast majority is in Markdown, but some of it is in Task Paper. Um, some of it is even in HTML. And that's... It has worked so great for so long. Well, and if I may, if I may please, interject, please, please. J- just just one thing about NVAlt that I want to add is, I think you know people like me, we've gotten into a habit over decades and decades of computer use, going back to the very first you know text editor to eventually BB Edit or you know whatever you use on 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 the PC or Linux or whatever that you have some like text thing where you'd go to just type stuff. I mean, it might even just be sticky notes, stickies that are on your, on your, you know, the app stickies, like mm-hmm. where you just say, Oh, I, I need to remember to do this thing, or I want to write this thing down Yeah, to do.txt or, or similar. Right. So like, like as a, as a, just a little teaser into the whole Synology thing, I always forget the exact command line options for rsync, which is something we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. So, I always go in and, you know, it's easy enough to read the man page or type in rsync example to do this and Google will find you the Stack Exchange article where there's 10 people saying it would be better if you had the minus capital R lowercase l flag. Mm-hmm. But um, the point is, like, I always would forget how to do it and I would always wind up with the same solution every time. And you'd say, oh, well, just, you know, just make a gist on GitHub or something like that. But no, the answer is, if you get in yourself into that habit of using an application like NVAlt, then the next time that you want to do it, just go and instead of typing that command into your text editor, running it 
and then closing that text editor window or putting it on a sticky and then shrinking the sticky and forgetting about it. Just type it into NVAL. Just make a new line in NVAL. You do that with command it be, L. It could be a long file. It could be a short file. It's, it's that, that ability to very quickly be able to enter it, like set it and forget it kind of stuff. Like, I know I'm going to need this again. The phrase I think was first used by Corey Doctorow, your outboard brain. It's a place where you can stick a little bit of information that you know you're going to need again. If you needed it once and you needed it twice, they're probably going to need it three to 16 more times. Why not put it somewhere? And right. And then so you, can, easy. you can get it. And so the next time, and if, if I know that I, if I know that I don't have to think, oh crap, where did I put that? Did I write that on a sticky note? Is it on Sticky's app? Is it, mm-hmm. you know, is it, is it in some text file? Do I have to Google it again? If your first reaction is go to NVAlt, and type the word rsync at the top. Oh, look, there it is. You yep. know, you you know the same way that most of us, uh, you know, are sitting there and like, hmm, I wonder how on our next leap year is. You know, you can just type in Google when's the next leap year, or you can ask Siri. You know, when's when's my birthday in three years? Is it a Saturday? You know, or when's the next full moon? That's also a Friday the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. And like, you would go to those places and type it in. Just let NVAlt be the place you go to type in anything you've ever typed before and mm-hmm. it will find it. And then there's this new version. Can we talk about the new version? Is there a, a gag yeah, order? Yeah, I, that's part of my phase three problem that I'm having. Um, let me um, add just a little bit to yours. And uh, yeah. so I've talked about this extensively, places like um, Mac Power users. But so I, I have a very lightweight it's even like more lightweight than a tag, if you can believe that. But I, I include certain non-English words in, uh, but sensible non-English words in the title of my documents that I know I'm going to want to be able to find at a given time. So the two of the classics are RunX and RefX. So RunX, R-U-N, and then the letter X. Why RunX? Because that will never never turn up as anything. But if I type the word run, I'm going to get lots of, I've got thousands of text files. Right. It's going to find the word run in all these wrong places. Run X only ever means this is a running file. Meaning I'm only, I mainly am just appending to this. So that could be, run X is almost always a list of some kind. Mm-hmm. The other kind is ref X. And that's what you're talking about here. So right. right now I just typed in ref X. And here's the kind of things that I put in here and my method for this, because I think it's really powerful. Um, every, what, three years, I need to um, pro- reprogram the remote control for our garage. And it's not difficult to find, but I did it often enough that I would have to go, okay, what's the model and what's the thing and did I get this right? So I have one called RefX and then the name of the, you know, it's a garage remote programming. Mm-hmm. Now, be very generous with how you name this. You can load up the title of this document with all the words you might use to find this, right? Don't, 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 don't be too cute and clever about it. You don't need to be efficient here. Genie garage remote programming. Like that's a bunch of the words that I would use to try and find this. So RefX Genie Garage Remote Programming. In that, I put a markdown formatted link to where I got the information, and then I put the information. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is not rocket science. In 2013, Dr. Drang had an article that addressed something that was vexing to me, which is over time. I don't know how this happens, but over time, the open with you like you right click or you go to open with a document on Mac. Right. Then OS 10. Right. And you get these weird duplicates. 
Have you ever gotten this? If you use the open with, you'll yes, it, it, I, I know what you're talking about exactly. Yeah, you get sure. duplicates, and it's really frustrating because it's a, like in 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 the I guess do, 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 launch services register something having to do with register. It um those accumulate, and that's frustrating. So he had this article uh in, two, in uh, February of 2013. I can tell you because the link is right here on what uh terminal commands you cop type or paste in to get rid of that. So. I put that in here. Now, that's been updated since then for Mac OS from OS X. So in this document, it's called RefX Kill Finder Open With Duplicates Dr. Drang. What a dumb title. <laughs> but that's any of the things. <laughs> that's almost Kill Finder almost Open With Duplicates Amazon... Dr. Drang. Yeah, so <laughs> works with Alexa Black. Right. Um, those are all the things that I might type because why be clever about it? Yeah. Like be smart now and you can be dumb later. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's like real good. And so that's one. Uh, how to set up my particular printer for Google Cloud Print. Um, what the ID is for my weather station, my weather underground uh, weather station. How to reset Spotlight's database. Um, all the stuff for my open DNS servers that I would need to, to enter in. What my operator told me to ask for to get a given haircut. I, I, said, I said to Judy, I said, Judy, in your words... To get this haircut again, what do I ask for? Two, two and a half on the sides, finger length on top. Right. Boom. Done. Got it. So, sorry. Derail. And then, so just to finish that one thought, and then I hit escape to go out. I'm clicking. Um, and so the three errors I, I, I would peg this to is you got the simple node error, you got the Dropbox error. And increasingly now I feel like we're kind of moving into an iCloud era for some technical but many non-technical reasons. The the one reason is iCloud has gotten pretty good at syncing at long last. iCloud has gotten, I think, easier for developers to use and incorporate. I trust Apple. As I sit here today, I trust Apple more than I trust Dropbox. Dropbox mm-hmm. has done some shenanigans. They do some crazy stuff. Um, they do some really, uh, another Brett Terpster thing that I love is this app. I, I've, I've talked to I've so much adulation for this app called Bunch, which is an app that I run that lets you- Like you uh, run, the, have a, you run the, the company? I run the company, okay. Bunch. What? And Bunch <laughs> lets you have a text file where you say, when I launch this, what's called a .bunch file, do all these things, right? So quit all these apps, open these apps, open this folder, open this URL, focus on this app, hide everything but this. It's a beautiful app. I'll put it in show notes. But there are some apps that don't honor the request. And one of them is Dropbox. Mm. Like they they do some shenanigans. And I, I think it has to do with basically it has to honor the Apple script ish command to quit and Dropbox as usual Dropbox it's not Facebook but it's that's the trend line Dropbox is increasingly getting I feel like they're getting further into this like oh you caught us doing a thing our bad hope you don't find another <laughs> and like I don't know how how far that goes and so we are now in the third great era but what does that mean? Well, okay, so, and I'm, I'm almost done, but this is just to get this fully out of the way. It's a, frust- it's a slightly frustrating time, and I'm very reluctant to talk about this. Editorial for iOS, I don't, uh, I think uh, Ole, or Ole, uh, the guy who, who develops it, um, I think the future of editorial is uncertain at best. Mm-hmm. I would not, you know, let's put it this way, in the same way that I don't understand why anybody would sign up for Facebook today. <laughs> I don't understand why people are using Facebook. I need it for my work. But you not, not that many people are like signing up for Facebook today. Like, hooray, can't wait to get into that trash fire. 
In that same way, I don't think a lot of people, I would not recommend you enter the world of text files with editorial because it has not seen a substantial update in a real long time. Yeah. Whereas drafts, which does not do do Dropbox, but it does do iCloud, drafts is on fire. Like they, the latest beta for Mac OS now incorporates drafts actions. It's an extremely powerful app that is very actively maintained. I highly recommend you check out drafts. There's a quote from me on the homepage. It is one of the greatest apps I've ever used on iOS. But then alongside that, Dan Benjamin, and I, I, I haven't had the energy to deal with this. Mm. The app you're about to talk about, NV Ultra, which is mm-hmm. in beta, is good, but it's, it's buggy and getting more buggy for me. And I, I want you to talk about this because I, I, I'm so You mean, I feel, you mean N- NV Ultra is buggy and getting more buggy or NV yes. Alt? Is, okay, okay. No, NV Alt is. NV Alt rock solid, solid, right? I, yeah, I also. NV Ultra <laughs> is doing some monkey ass stuff that I cannot explain. It's got little bugs and then it's got some big bugs. And it's, you know, they, they want you to go, th- understandably, they want you to go through their Zendesk page, which is not very actively dealt with. And I've had some suggestions that I've dropped there, but I just don't have the energy to spend a ton of time on it. Um, you know, hey guys, you know, if you want to talk about it, talk to me. Um, you probably know about these bugs and I imagine you're working on them, but talk about NV Ultra and, uh, which is maybe, <laughs> I hope it's great. I hope it's, as they say, a network, a big fat, big titted hit. Um, but it is buggy for me. Talk about NV Ultra and, uh, it's, it's new, exciting, uh, grandson NV Ultra. Yes. So, um, I, I'm, I'm, not sure of the whole history of started NV- with notational velocity, right? So an- notational velocity came out, and I think the developer was in uh, Japan. Russia? Oh, Russia, Japan. Okay. Japan. I don't know. You know what? I I don't know the difference between apparently Russia and Japan. I only know, you they're know, both Aus- Asia. Uh, they're, they're both, both Asia. Asia. Mm-hmm. So the the developer was somewhere out there, and and they kind of came up with this idea. And for people who've been listening to us talking about this stuff for so long, they should know. But basically. The concept is here is a, a, a text editor that all, you save all of your text files in one folder and you can, or, you or, or it defaults to using a database. Right. And you got to switch that right away. You got to yeah, get out yeah. of that. You don't, you want, you, you want have individual. An, an encrypted database, like a database, an encrypted database or a, a folder. And right. that's where it got powerful. That's where it gets powerful because any text file or um, I think they do RTF files and certainly do text and markdown files. Anything that's in that folder, you can, it, it essentially indexes instantaneously. And there's a little bar at the top, very much like a search bar in a web browser. And you just start typing in there and it finds all of the documents that you've created, all the text files that you've created that, that have that word or symbol or text or character in it. So use my rsync example. Um, I could t- start typing rsync up in that bar at the top and it's going to uh, find any, any text file that's in that folder. And you can put that folder on Dropbox. You can put that folder on iCloud. You can put it wherever you want. But any text file that it finds in there, regardless of what application you use to create that text file, will be indexed and it'll find it. And it'll say, well, we, I found the word rsync in eight different files and here they are. And it lists them and there's a little like a, a mail app type listing of your 
uh, of your different files and you can click on them and read them. But and you're using the same field right. for search as you use- For creating. For, for creating. And naming, yes. Which, which, which is difficult. It's one of those, like, it's like Quicksilver. It's one of those things that's so much like a magic trick that it's difficult to explain until you see it. But once you start using it, like today, right now, the, the, the document that is open for me in NV Ultra is B2W, show, note X, E451, 2019-11-12. Right. And so how do I do that? Well, I, I backspace far enough back to change 450 to 451. I hit type of space. I type SDATE, the short date from Text Expander. It adds mm-hmm. the date, and I hit enter, and that automatically creates a markdown file based on that. And I also have a Text Expander that I use to fill in the basics of every... Uh, notes document that I use for Roderick Online and this, because they're very similar, you know, episode to episode, different, but similar. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, that's it. That's why, but then what does that mean? That kind of means I can also say, remove everything after B2W show note X. And I've now found, found because I always name them the same way. That means I found every file that is back to work show notes document. Right. Everyone yeah. all mm-hmm. right there. It's and so it's, powerful. it's so it's powerful. So this application then somehow I get, I guess I, this is the part that I don't know the history of, but Brett Terpstra somehow fell in, well, as we all did, fell in love Brett, with notation. I think it's Brett and Fletcher. I think it's Fletcher from multi-markdown. Fletcher okay. Penny. But they, sure who, who built Envy Alt after a notational velocity? Envy Alt was Brett and I forget who, but I'll find out. So we had notational and velocity V. And then they came out with NV Alt. And it mm-hmm. seemed like everybody essentially switched over to NV that Alt. That is, that was Brett. So it's Elastic Threads and Brett Terpster. I don't know who Elastic Threads is. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Fletcher. And Fletcher's, Fletcher's a really interesting guy. And he's done the multi markdown um, extension to the markdown language. And he's also done the multi markdown editor app and other things. And I think he's like a lawyer or something as well. Mm. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So that, that's how we got to where we are. Now, I think we're not supposed to talk about it yeah. uh, too much. And I, I probably will regret having said what I said, but it's got a lot of really nice features and it's got a lot of nice little uh, flags and attributes, if you like. Like the preferences are real good and you can go in and do a lot of stuff. And I, I think it's I think it's going to be amazing when it when it when it does come out. I do, too. It's a it's a I'm assuming it's a complete rewrite uh, of of NVAlt that uh, will be bringing a lot of new features with a because it's not based on notational velocity was open source and so I'm assuming that NVAlt was that plus a bunch of other stuff that they added to it but my understanding is that um, notational velocity I'm sorry that NV Ultra I'll figure it out eventually yep you got NV, it NV Ultra is actually a, a complete new reinvention of this. So it's it's coming along. There are some things that I'll, t- I'll talk about this and hopefully I'm not breaking anyone's, you know, NDA or something, but like the font, I am a font guy. You can't change the font. In the you thing can't right change the font, especially not even in like the file in, listing. In the list view. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and if you told like me, the font. <laughs> if the font Frickin' sucks. I don't know if it's Avenir or something or one of the... But here's the thing. Developers, if you're going to make it so we can't change the font, pick the default system font. I'm looking right at you, Slack, square in the eyes. I don't know what font they use. Is it Lotto? Lotto? Is it something else? I'm a Lotto, man. I use Lotto in my Google Docs. 
And you know what? You chose to do I that. Chose, it wasn't right. forced it's upon it's you. that or lobster. Love me some lobster. So use whatever <laughs> font you want. And so here's the deal. If you're not going to give me a choice, the font better damn well be the system font. It better not be, I thought this one looked nice and I'm a developer. Guess what? You're a developer for a reason. And the reason is probably that you're not a designer. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you suck at design. It means... You're doing development because you're not doing design. I have met people, Merlin, who are Mm -hmm, good mm -hmm. at both. And those people live at very, very tall towers and (laughs) everybody loves them and they're universally uh, renowned. That's not most people. It's not me, for example. I, I would never force a font on somebody that's not essentially like a system font. Now, here's an interesting note I'll add. People, fire, my Fireside customers are, are sitting there thinking, wait a second, Dan, you are kind of forcing a font, aren't you? Yes, Fireside mm. does force a font. For a very long time, I had the default font stack set to use SF Mono, which is the Mac system default font. And then if that failed because you weren't on a Mac or you didn't have that font, it would use Helvetica, which is, I think, considered by most people to be the standard good font to use. And of course, if you didn't have Helvetica, it would fall through and you'd use, you'd get Arial. And if you're on uh, San Francisco, there you go. And so like, you know, I was trying, but what I, what I went and I spent months and I'm not saying I spent eight hours a day for months, but I spent Mm -hmm. months looking for a font that was as close as I could get to what these default system fonts were supposed to sort of represent. Like find something that's that's as good and clean and straightforward that has all the elements of Helvetica, SF, San Francisco, all of these other ones and, and tie them together. And I finally found a font and got a license for it. And that's what I use. But it is the least opinionated font that I could find. It's the most neutral, pleasing font. And hopefully when people look at it, they don't notice that there's even a font being used. They just say, this is nice. But what it does is it gives you a consistent experience so that if normally you use it on your Mac and then you go over to your Windows machine, you're not transitioning from SF text or SF display or whatever. And now Mm -hmm. you're looking at Arial. Uh, and then if you go to your Linux machine, you're looking at Roboto or something. It's a consistent font that looks mostly like an SF text font all, everywhere that you go. The font that's used in, in NV Ultra is a very opinionated font and you have to use it. You have mm. to look at it in all the sidebars. Now, I've been ranting for 10 minutes about a font, but I think the fundamental concept here is you're already making enough decisions for your users about what your software will and won't do. And you can't please everybody, but you can please everybody by following a consistent standard when it comes to something like the visual display and user interface. This is what made the Macintosh such a powerful computer. If you understood how to, and I'm talking back in the system six days and beyond, if you knew how to use one application, you know how to use all the applications. You always had an <laughs> yeah. Apple menu. You always you had always a file have menu. file and edit like right, right. Up there at the top. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there was always a menu bar at the top. Now go to the Windows world. Every single application, not only the ones from independent developers, but from Microsoft as well, they were all different. 
some had menus, some didn't. Some had buttons, some didn't. You know, like you, there yeah, was. If you bought forty different shareware golf games at, uh, at forty different gas stations <laughs> off of a spinner rack, that's like, right. You, know, you they could all all be uh, you know it's like Anna Karenina. You know, they're, that they're, they're is all different in different ways. That is correct, sir. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mac gave us that consistent interface. Windows eventually did follow suit and gave us something similar. But it, it's it's for the developer, and I mean this with Slack, they're forcing us to use a font, and there's no way for me to change it, and it's horrible. Yes, I could use it in a browser. Yes, I could use one of those I, I extensions. I reaction, so I've got to see what this looks like. It's just, I don't like it. I don't yeah. want to see it that way. And I've talked to the developers about it. I've tweeted to them. I've talked to uh, to our 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 homeboy, Matt Howie about it and said, you've got to let us retiree, Matt Howie. Yeah, that's right. And then they'll, they'll he come. And, I think he and Andre are gone now. He's, I thought he was still there. Is he? I thought he, yeah. he left. I don't know. Don't, don't uh, force his hand. Hmm. Now, now he's <laughs> well, got to quit. Concern, dude. This is our concern, dude. <clears throat> so, you know, so, anyway, NV ultra, NV ultra. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so and this is why I feel like I'm a little bit on the horns of a dilemma with this stuff. Um, the, the the one thing that is absolutely unchanging is, however we arrive at this, I um, I hate to be that guy that talks like this. Well, I need this. Well, it's very uh, it's very important and useful to me to have uh, synced text that is very lightweight and where you know it's very customizable and like to, you know so task paper well markdown and task paper files in a native non-screwed up text format that doesn't do too much monkey business is uh, it, that's, that's it, that syncs everywhere without needing. <laughs> oh, oh, oh God, sorry. In passing, one thing about notes, you gots to know about notes that drives me bananas. If you have like an old iPad where you haven't opened it in a while, uh, open notes, go, uh, go open notes and, and maybe do a screen grab right before it starts syncing. Because guess what? That has not been syncing. Notes does not sync in the background. Yeah, that's a problem on iOS, and it's mental to me that it doesn't do that. <laughs> God, that's so crazy. I want these things to all be synced. Like in the case of iCloud, like I mean, so if it's Dropbox sync in the apps that I use on iOS, you do have to open the app generally to get stuff synced. I know that's true with editorial with drafts. I'm pretty sure that's happening in the background with iCloud. But I'm on the horns of a dilemma, and this is this is why I'm interested in Mark Text. Because I feel like this this is uh, I don't see myself using this app forever, but I'm crazy interested in it right now. Mm. Um, because uh, I don't know what comes next. I, I have an item on my .test paper file, which is uh, research going all in on drafts. Because I really trust drafts, and I super trust Greg. It's so Leap. Ooh. oh so good. Mm. Oh, that was a red mm. card, Dan. You, you know got, you gotta you gotta drop a beep. That's my red card. I got a red card on that one. I got uh, I got into it. the CK. Mm. You know what? Let's just restart the show. Let's do it over. Just do a do-over. <clears throat> and uh <laughs> and I'm on the horns of a dilemma. So I, uh, you know, uh editorial, mm, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. Why do I like editorial? It's got little nice things in it. Like I use it, it works. Like, but it's also got a handle for every line where I don't have to go into a mode to move lines. I love that. Uh, it's got a lot of stuff. And anyway, so that's all good. Um, so yeah, I have a feeling I'll be going on. So let, at long last, let us finally, t- what did you want to tell me about something you like before we do this? We're in a second. We're going to talk about Mark text and why it's good and interesting and multi-platform. So weird. Uh, Dan, tell me about something you like. I would love to tell you about Ring Central. This is the number one global cloud phone system with Ring Central. Uh, you, you're you're going to get your business phone. 
You're going to get your video conferencing. You're going to get, uh, why not? You know what? I, I contacted them and I said, there's one thing you guys are missing. They're like, what? I said, I need team messaging anytime. They said, we're not missing that. We have that. I said, you do not have it. They said, we've always had that. Anywhere on your personal phone or any other mobile device. And here's the thing. They are aware of what people need, whether you're a small company or a big company, when it comes to this kind of functionality. What I'm talking about is you don't want to walk around with just, oh, I've got a cell phone. I just give my cell phone out. That's not, it's, that's not unprofessional, but that's not what you want to do as a company. You want to be able to say, yeah, all my employees can be reached through this number. Everybody has a number. All your employees have a number that they can give out that's not their personal one. It's one that allows them to go and share their information, their business contacts, and keep it keep it at the business. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's so important. How many times have you been well, somewhere? Well, if you're like a small business, like you want to, and you want people to be able to do, you, know, you want to maintain maintain control of your stuff. That totally makes sense. And I mean, the, the other thing is, it's more than just a phone, right? Ring Central is available on all devices, including mobile app and desktop. Ring Central. It allows you to to port numbers over to it. If you had another business number that you were using, if you wanted to bring your old cell phone number, if you had a Google Voice number that you've been using when it was just you sitting in your basement and now it's 10 other people, you can port that number over. You can bring it over. You can switch from one provider that maybe you don't like anymore because RingCentral is better. They make it possible for you to switch. I mean, there is so much that you can do, but at its core, it's going to give you things like call routing. It's going to give you professional voicemail. It's going to let you do texting, SMS, MMS without having to give out your personal phone number. It's got the built-in video conferencing and team messaging. It's got integrations with Gmail and Zapier and so much stuff. And it starts as low as nineteen ninety nine. You're going to save money. You're going to cut your phone costs by at least 30%. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's great. This is the solution. It's all in one place. Phone, fax, video conferencing, you name it. They have a special deal. It's a holiday bundle. Back to work podcast listeners will not pay a single penny until 2020. That's it. And the URL to go to is ringcentral.com, R-I-N-G, ringcentral.com slash back to work. Go there, sign up. Try this thing out. See how it helps you. And uh, you won't have to pay until 2020. Pretty cool. And thanks very much to Ring Central for making this show possible. Thanks, Ring Central. Buck, buck. <sighs> so along comes Mark Text. Boy, mm-hmm. this is, might be our worst episode. Hi, Mark Text. Hi. Hi, I'm Mark Text. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> See, that's, what, that's, that's what, what I think every website needs. They, they need to go to the website and it, 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 you click to enable flash and then it's just a spinning uh, logo and it has your voice. Ha. <laughs> Hi. I'm, I'm, skip, I'm skip intro. Hi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so Cause every Mark site text. needs an intro. Yeah, I mean, how else you, you know that? that it's intro. That's story. right. That's right. Um, and this Mark text, God, this is boring. This Mark text is such an interesting app. You pointed me to this. This is on the GitHub. It is in show notes for this episode. And I, how does he describe this? Um, I, it's obviously it doesn't have tons of the same power features of these other apps, but I would describe this as being, oh, see, now this is going to sound like I'm damning it with faint praise. It's a little bit like Bear, um, and but a lot like, I want to say front page for Markdown. It's mm. it's a WYSIWYG Markdown app. 
A WYSIWYG markdown. Like, do you remember Front Page or Page Mill back in the day? You probably, yeah, I'm sure you never used these, but but uh, in the late '90s, mid to late '90s, there were apps like Front Page and Page Mill. <laughs> front Page was bad. I used were, I used WYSIWYG. Front Page a few times. Yeah, well, and the idea was they were WYSIWYG HTML editors. Front Page was real bad. Page Mill was pretty cool. It was simple, but it worked. But you could type the thing you wanted to type. And it made it into HTML for you. This is doing something very similar for Markdown. It's much less crufty about it because Markdown is much less crufty. But all the basic stuff, I mean, there's a huge amount of stuff that you can do with Markdown, especially multi-Markdown. But really, most of the time, I feel like I'm using some basic stuff. Um, I'm doing, so I'm going to use some HTML things here. I'm doing, I'm doing P's. I'm doing H's. I'm doing LI's um, inside of OL's and UL's. Uh, what else am I doing? I'm doing, um, I'm doing EM, <laughs> I'm doing emphasis and I'm doing, um, what's the other one? I ta- we used to say italics and bold, but you know, in the post Zeldman age, we don't say that, but I'm italicizing <laughs> the post, and, and bolding. The post Zeldman age. <laughs> we don't say that anymore. <laughs> um, but anyway, like and, but it's really cool and it's pretty and it's cross platform, which is bananas. Bananas. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What <laughs> a long walk to us. Really bad theme park. Here we are. Yeah. Post Zeldman. Okay. Post Zeldman. World. Some dog buns. Um, and it's really cool. So I'm on the horns of a dilemma. You know what? I, I Hearing my words come out of my stupid mouth, I need to just go all in on drafts because it, it really is good. This is not an ad, but. Um, you know, I was it, just thinking to myself. He hmm. needs to go all in on drafts. Well, like my friends on the Do By Friday podcast love Bear. And Bear is very Bear is cool and it is very interesting. I crave the uh, I want to be close to the metal is what <laughs> okay, I want to be. And every I, time you say you crave, <laughs> I always think of Foghorn Leghorn. My lungs crave air. <laughs> I don't know why, but I've thought I'm just revealing this to you after however many decades oh, we've been okay, doing all right, the show. All right. That's what I my, always my, think my, of. Uh, my bugaboo shared with the guys on the Bim Bam is uh, when <laughs> restaurants refer to something as being craveable. It just makes my skin crawl. <laughs> Try this succulent dish. Yeah. What well, would craveable. you say? Craveworthy would be better. Just don't. No. <laughs> yeah, Arby's does not make me crave anything except death. <laughs> oh my god! Try our craveables smokehouse stack poop. <laughs> Put it in your face, dummy. <laughs> so you can check out Mark Text, but I think I'm going to do drafts. I really, I'm, I'm, well, my, my main thing what I'm trying to do right now is I'm, and, and you know, it's just, it's just human resistance. It's been so easy to do everything with Dropbox and it makes it easy across the board. But like, uh, it's, it's an app we mentioned earlier that I'm not going to mention again by name. Not working great right this second on Mac OS. This made me finally go, okay, why am I, why am I not just going to person up and do this? Because drafts, I have drafts on the Mac. Per- person up is the new... That's what we say now. We say person okay. up. All right. Thank you. Yeah. You know, gr- grow a pair of genitals. <laughs> a pair? <laughs> one for you and one for Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh God, let's move on to something else. This sucks. Um, so <laughs> don't worry. Listen, ser- in all seriousness, this this show will never. Okay, air, so. I think that's. I think I think that that's, that's, uh, that's only, only fair. It's only fair to everyone, including right. my genitals and my other genitals. Uh-huh. My genitals, my genitals, and me. 
a new, a new show. <laughs> What's up, new... you cool baby? Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I guess the point is that uh, it's a crazy time. Times of confusion. But this is a really a pretty app. It does some. It does some kind of weird things. It's not. So one thing that I do, um, that I've added to every app that'll do it is I've made in system pro. I'm clicking. I go to system preferences. I go to key, 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 keyboard and I go to shortcuts. And one of my God, where did I do this? Somewhere, <laughs> I made a shortcut that Control Command Up Arrow moves, selects the entire line and moves it up one line. Right, Control right. Command Down Arrow does the same thing for a line. And anywhere that is like standard, actual according to Hoyle text file on a Mac will honor that. It doesn't work in Google Docs. Um, it doesn't work in, uh, well, it doesn't work in Google Docs. It doesn't work in, uh, in uh, Mark Text. Oh, that's because disappointing. It, it's basically RTF. It's kind of like, but I think it even works in RTF documents is the crazy part. But anyway, but it does have a lot to recommend it. It's really cool. But I think we can all agree these are times of confusion. It also doesn't do markdown tables. Like when you, it has a cool table inserter based have you used that yet? Where you like you click and you say, put a table in here. And it says, okay. Yes. That to me was like the the first the thing that I saw that really struck me as a unique a unique feature. I don't recall yeah. seeing that elsewhere, but maybe I'm, I'm well, I have one it. called table flip um that is a WYSIWYG markdown text editor. The truth is if I'm gonna do much that's so for example, I have one right here, which is I usually do this as just three um three UL bullets, which is a sponsor. Like sponsor one, sponsor two, sponsor three, the three sponsors. So I know how many sponsors there are and who they are. And, uh, but now I just, and for fun today, for funsies, I did that with a table. It makes an HTML table. It does not make a markdown table, which Interesting. is, I mean, it's not terrible, but if given that it's a markdown document, You'd expect uh, it would be kind of cool. Markdown yeah. table, in, you know, rules. But I mean, like, do you have it open right now? I do not. Oh, well, it's, it's pretty cool that like, so like w- when you're, f- Focal in a given line in Mark Text, like everything but that line is rendered mostly the way it will look when it when it, when it's converted to HTML. Right, the line that you're in, like in my case, to the left here, just then has six themes. They have different themes you can choose. But the theme I'm looking at, there's this grayed out, slightly grayed out paragraph marker to let me know that if I start typing, that'll be a P, like you know, uh, a paragraph. But it also has this cool little at symbol thing where I type at, and then that brings up a menu where I can arrow or click through to say, no, no, I would actually like this to be a horizontal line, this kind of header, a table block, a math formula, an HTML block, a code block, a quote block, order list, bullet list, to-do list, Vega chart, because now it does um, mermaid diagrams. You can do Vega chart, flow chart, sequence diagram, mermaid. Anyway, it's that easy to... With, you don't even need to learn the key commands. There's, of course, there's key commands for all of that, but that's pretty cool. Like you can do all of that just by typing the at symbol to bring up this little context menu. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, it's a really neat app. And what I've been doing is just leaving uh, marked two again, thanks to Brett Terpstra. I leave marked two open over in this window just to see like what it would look like because I'm still kind of getting the hang of this. And uh, and uh, it, uh, I don't really need to do that, but I like to. It's got it's got a pretty preferences pane. It's a, it's a really cool app and it's free. It's free as in free. Go check it out. It's called, uh, it's called MarkText and it's on, uh, it's on the GitHub. You know, Dan, I think I need to go all in on drafts. 
I, you know, I was just thinking to myself a minute ago, yeah. you need to go all in on drafts. Well, and I say to myself, I say, well, what is it that's preventing me? This is what I started to say before I, you know, ADD'd off into the clouds, is that uh, I think at this point I just need to sit down with some kind of a text editor and type in all of the resistances or cons or what have you. Like, why have I not done that yet? Well, I haven't done that because I'm lazy and uh, the, the system mostly works. Except increasingly, it doesn't mostly work. Like, there's stuff that's goofy with this. Dropbox is goofy. I trust Greg. I trust uh, iCloud. I trust Apple, right? <laughs> Words I never thought I would say. I trust iCloud. <laughs> I mean, it works. I, I use it all the time now. I just, yeah, I I, I, I'm still getting the hang of this. Um, but it really does work. Um, there's still more things that we hope to see in iCloud functionality, but for now, it's pretty dang solid. Have you transitioned from Dropbox to iCloud for most stuff? Not at all. You know, what's funny to me, you had that famous discussion uh, that, that well, we don't know if it was a real discussion or if it even really happened, but mm-hmm. apparently, famously, the Apple was interested in buying Dropbox. Steve Jobs said to the Dropbox <laughs> yeah, guys, a feature, this, yeah, it's this a feature, is, not a company. Yeah, it's a feature, not a company. And... And obviously it was a feature that either they had planned or had already been working on for iCloud, which is iCloud syncing and all that stuff. Um, And Dropbox said, we're a billion dollar company, F you, where's your Dropbox? Uh, You're holding it wrong. At at that point, if memory serves, your syncing option for Macs was to go to a website and upload it manually. And that was how you got your pages document from one place to another. Right. And so now though... Dropbox, with all the weird changes they've made, and remember that the, as many public companies are, they're a public company, I think, they're, they're beholden to their shareholders, they need to show certain revenue and other things. Apple is so far beyond anyone saying, oh, you know, uh, not getting the money back out of my returns that I was expecting from Apple. Like, no mm-hmm. one's saying that. Mm-hmm. And they're in a very nice position where they can roll out features and do things and and they can actually, and it and it, We've, we've spent a lot of time bashing Apple. One thing I will say is I think genuinely that the people at Apple at high and very low levels really do want to make the consumers happy. I think they really are trying, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever faults they have or weird releases that they've come out with or other problems and issues, at the end of the day, anybody inside of Apple is striving to make something really good. And they're doing their best. I 100%. To me, there's absolutely no question. It's like, you know, maybe like Pixar. Um, You know, one of the the, the problems or the challenges or the whatever you want to call it, your euphemism, is that, well, people have different visions for that. Uh, Something I'll put in notes. The latest uh, episode of Accidental Tech Podcast, if if you're interested in these new MacBook Pros, you know, Marco is over the moon about these, especially, obviously, the keyboard. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and he's he and and Syracuse, of course, because he's Syracuse, really was something was something announced that I missed or we're still speculating about the rumored 16 inch. No, it's it's uh, they ship uh, tomorrow. How did I miss this? What I I missed it, too. I totally I've been under the ice. What? Wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this scissor, is a, I, scissor, scissor keyboards, escape key, full T, um, uh, arrow buttons. Not full sized, but oh um, my god, I missed it. I, oh, it's 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 wild, idiot. It's, 
I have been so busy the last few days. You were under the ice. I missed it too. I didn't. I didn't know about it until I guess this yesterday is, morning when I saw a bunch of podcasts pop up about Snell and Marco and a bunch of, a of people got got to uh, got to take one home and have been playing with it for a couple of days. Who has them home? A lot of the press. Well, you just call it the press. We don't say that anymore. What's the p- thing we can say on the show instead of bleep? Okay. Oh, that would be uh, genital filetors, filetiers. Right. Well, that's sleep. Yeah. yeah. No, no. What's the ship on it right now? I'm looking right now. 16. I'll just pick the base one. 2399. Yeah. It says uh, November 18th to November 20th is fastest. That's not that bad. That's not that bad. And uh, Apple Store is currently unavailable. You need this. You need this for your work. Yeah, I do need this. I'm going to have to get this stupid piece of crap. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, so, I, can, so, I can wait a week. I mean, I've been waiting months. It's uh, the, the title, episode 352 of ATP, uh, No One Else Had Calipers. And that's <laughs> the title comes from the fact that Marco does bring special tools to these kinds of things. And he measured the key travel on a ton of different keyboards. And he measured the height. Okay, so anyway, I'll put this in show notes. It's a good episode. It's, it's fun to hear him excited about something. Um, but Syracuse is like, of course, you know, nothing is so perfect. Mm. And Syracuse is like, yeah, but like, you know, the, when you say Johnny Ive, Johnny Ive is a, what is he, a synecdoche, a metonymy, whatever it is that symbolizes a certain approach to what feels like aesthetics first design, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't want to say Johnny Ive, but you know, they're, 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 you know when you see it. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, this thing's not allowed to have options because it needs to be white and rectangular. And look like something from a Kubrick movie. Well, you know, and Syracuse makes a really good point, which is like he talks about like the old, the old, 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 old John Gruber style Apple extended keyboard mm-hmm. and like the the generous amount of space between right. the F keys, you know, and the number keys, you, you, all the different ways, full size arrow keys. And he's saying, well, I'm not asking for that, but I am the thing that I want now that we've got this working. I would like a keyboard on a computer this big. The keyboard doesn't have to be the same size as all the other keyboards. Like you could, there's no reason that you can't make a giant space bar that's easier to hit or, you know, in John's case that works. Right. Um, but anyway, um, that's, so that's, you know, when you're from one point of view, I think, I think it is a fair criticism to say, well, I don't know if it's a fair criticism, but I don't feel terrible to say, well, the operations guy who seems like a nice guy, the operations guy runs the company. Mm-hmm. He still, <clears throat> it seems to me, thinks very operationally. Like he he wants to like you know wring every inch of uh, every uh, cent of value out of parts that they can make it scale. Yeah. Even if that means selling something for two, three, five years, that kind of sucks. But people will buy because they're not us. You know whether that's the Mac Mini or whether that's you know a, a given MacBook with this, this this stupid butterfly keyboard. Anyway, you got that, and then on the other hand, you know for a long time there was the you know the guy who looked like a thumb that made everything white and rectangular because he was very into symmetry. Uh, everything had to look symmetrical and be orange on some spot for some reason. But you know, but I don't doubt for one nanosecond that everybody there mostly. I'm sure there are some slackers, but everybody there cares so much. They want to work in the service of producing something that they can be really super proud of. Um, And I I think, you know, a lot of the people who make the software whose taste matches my taste, um, I feel the same way about. I think Greg cares intensely about making drafts the best at what it does. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the the workflow now, Siri Shortcuts team wants to make make that great. And I think for the longest time, the iCloud team has wanted to make iCloud 
great. I'm what is using, iCloud I'm team using though? That's iCloud. like saying Siri. iCloud, saying iCloud is like saying Siri. Like it means so many different things, and there's so many moving right, parts that right, have to right. operate together. It's not one person clicking the Make iCloud Better button. It's it's difficult. Um, you're, you're, I have, are, you, you sound distracted. Are you buying a computer? N- n- no, I, I will admit that I was still looking at the. <laughs> Screen. But I, 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 I want I want to add though to what you're saying that you know I think that there really is this you know I've been reading things about the Apple developers saying well the reason that there are so many bugs that aren't getting fixed is like they don't have time to fix the bugs and the way these other things happen inside of the company are flawed and things like that and that just furthers my strong belief that just just supportive of what you said yes. You know, I think that they are there and they are striving to do their best work and that, you know what, Apple can make some great products and they can also make some mistakes, but that it's full of a bunch of real people who maybe are limited in ways that we don't know about or we can't understand. And part of that might just be because of the culture inside of Apple that we don't know about it, maybe because of practices that were set up at Apple three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago that worked great when they were a, a tiny company and I don't, well, they yeah. were never tiny, but you know no, what I'm no, saying? No, I know, but, I, but I know what you mean. There's a difference. I mean, there's a difference between one employee, 10 employees. Like every time you add an order of magnitude, you can expect some changes. Exactly what I was or thinking. Or some, some rough patches and different rough patches. Right. Again, we're back to Anna Karenina. You get one Anna Karenina, you know, and 10 Anna Kareninas, it feels like carelessness, as Oscar Wilde said. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. You should go buy that computer. But but first, tell me about something else that you like. The last thing that I like is called Health IQ. Health Not, IQ. Yes, and yes. um, and I was actually thinking about this spot last night because my, you know, we just had Halloween here, and we didn't let our kids eat the candy all at once. A pig like that. So you <laughs> let them sorry. get get a little bit, and then uh, and then so each night they they come, and we'll let them have one piece, two pieces, whatever. Wow. So we wow. got to, that, wow, that is admirable. Uh, well, the first night they do binge a little, but then after that you wean them off of it. And, uh, and so my son was asking me, what's a, what's a Heath bar like? And, you know, I mm. realized I, I've never had a Heath bar, but mm-hmm. I, I can talk about health IQ and the Heath and health. They remind me they're the sa- almost the same word. What an amazing pivot. Are See, almost the, my, my the same kid word. has become like the Marion, Marion Barry of, uh, is that his name? Marion Barry of, of, uh, of, of crackle bars. Crackle? Crack and crackle, yeah. That, those are the <laughs> she, like. Are she's those like, can the, you get more? Can you get more crackle bars? And she's are like, they she's like the, the, the rice crispy yeah, treat inside yeah. the chocolate? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she says, she says to her mom, she says, "Can you get more of these?" And and her mom says uh, something like, "I'm not sure." And I, and I said, <laughs> they don't make said, them anymore. <laughs> I said, well, that's not really a very fair or good or true answer. Why don't you just say you don't want her to have, have to buy diabetes shoes? Oh. She's going to have to wear prescription pants if she keeps eating like that. That's right. <laughs> prescription <laughs> pants. It's a terrible episode. Health IQ. So Heath, health. Heath, not me, Heath IQ. Don't go there. It's not Heath. It has nothing to do. And I'm sure they get this a lot, but yes. it's not the candy bar. Okay. okay. Um. You know, I just want to be clear. Yeah, no, no, it's it's important to clarify. Yeah, here's the way that health IQ. Let me let me tell you what's going on. Okay, do there's a lot that you can do to feel good about yourself, to be healthy about yourself, to to do things that are beneficial for your overall quality of life and and overall health. And the thing is, a lot of us will, you know, we will we we will look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know what. 
I do work out. I am in the gym two, three days a week. I do, you know, hit my rower. I do care about, you know, what I eat. I'm doing everything right. And you say that this is my, my physical life, my physical well-being, right? But what about like my financial future? What about the rest of my life that's not just, I'm not going to Burger King, no offense, Burger King. I'm not going to Burger King. I'm instead having, you know, a piece of salmon and some rice and a vegetable. Do the same thing for your own life. And really what I'm talking about is something that I didn't even start to think about until way too late, which is life insurance. You know, it's the kind of thing that you can get that and pay little to do it. And this is what Health IQ is all about. They use science and data to get better, lower rates for people like you, the people who care about themselves, the people who are taking care of themselves. Uh, if you're a runner or a cyclist, or if you do CrossFit or some other kind of uh, athletics, um, even if it's just every weekend you go and rebuild your deck or something like that, um, it, you know, they reward you for being a vegetarian or a vegan. If you're if you're working hard on yourself, they can save you up to 41% because physically active people have significantly lower risks for heart disease, for cancer, for diabetes, for all the things that that wind up hurting and killing us. The better you treat yourself, well, why not be rewarded for that? Like they even have a thing on there for if you do deadlifting, which I do, you can put that in. You get you get credit for that. Like why not let these things that you're already doing for yourself help save you money and get you, you, you know, you better, uh, improve your health IQ. So this is the thing to see if you qualify, go to health IQ, H E A L T H health IQ.com slash back to work. They've got a cool little quiz there. That's fun to take. And then depending on your score, as well as other factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. This is a very cool thing. The quiz is fun to take. And in a way, it's almost like you're kind of like bragging about all the good stuff you do for yourself when you fill it out. So go check it out, healthiq.com slash back to work. And thanks very much to them for helping us all be healthier. Thanks, Health IQ. Buck, buck. Titlecase.com says, I am not a herpetologist. It, the am should be capitalized. Ditto for AP style. That, that doesn't seem right, does it? I don't think that's right. Well, John Sarkusa says this is what we're supposed to use. Dang. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel great about that, but that's what mm. it says. Mm. I'm not a herpetologist. And I've written the uh, title <clears throat> and I've written the description. Here's the description of this episode. I've already written this. I did it while you were talking about Heath Bars. <clears throat> Our worst episode ever. <laughs> Enjoy. There you go. That's it. That's the that's whole it. thing. That's all you need to know. That's it. No need that all at once. There is we can a talk about uh, Synology next time. We're running real long here. Uh, um, Synology though, yeah, you know, I put in a new drive. I'm playing more with the packages. Boy, Docker's cool. Docker is so cool. It is so cool. Docker's so cool, and so I bought a new Ripper because I've got I got the fear a little bit, and uh, I want to. I've been trying to rip my my uh, my Blu-rays, mm. so I got a really a good new, pretty fast Ripper. Um, and just for fun, I went, I went to see if Handbrake is available on Docker and it is, I could not figure out how to make it work. Cause it's got this weird gooey, but, uh, isn't that wild? Oh, oh, did I ever tell you the reason that I learned about Docker? 
I, I, I struggled to remember who I learned it from and why. No, because I mean, I, I, I use Docker stuff. Do you? Uh, yeah, but we, I use it on the server side. Like there, for example, there is a, um, there is a package that takes an IP address and maps it to a geographic location. Mm-hmm. So you could put in, you could, you could give me, you could give it your IP address and it would say, oh, it looks like you're in fancy San Francisco or whatever. Yeah, sure. And, um, and that's useful for Fireside because we're, when we do our stats and our metrics, people want to see like, where, where are my listeners? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and yeah. so even, even though IP addresses are, you know, like, yes, it's private, um, but we're, we don't retain those we're just showing huh, the location showing the location but, so like be, you oh, had, to my vpn uh everybody thinks i'm in parsippany new jersey there you go and Tumblr so that says would, to me would you like taco bell in parsippany new jersey but i think uh i think we are using that yeah we have docker that handles the it's basically i think it's called you know goip lookup there's some name for it but that runs inside of a docker instance and uh and it has its own database it has its own everything and it's like there's a lot of stuff on the service I'm, i'm surprised to hear you talking about docker well, here's the funny thing. I learned about it because of the opposite of what you ha- what you're doing. Um, it was it was Casey Liss on ATP um, talking about Synology, I believe. I believe, and he was talking about uh, a guy. I guess you know he's a developer. All those guys are developers. Like I'm sure he's used Docker for other things, but he was talking about running it on Synology. Um, it's so for something called Pihole, Pi Dash Hole which I had not heard of. I, I'm not using this, but this is how I learned about it. Pi-hole, network-wide ad blocking. And so it's an ad blocker you run on your Synology. And that, that anyway, the point being, that's where I learned about Docker. And so, and I think you're supposed to use a Raspberry Pi, but they're saying here, you know, you can run this in right. Docker. Right. It's wild how much it's Docker wild. stuff there is. There's, like everything is exists for Docker. I mean, there are people who have... Their applications all running inside, you know, Docker instances and are, are sharing an application that they've built inside of a Docker instance. It's it's crazy how that took off. It's absolutely mm-hmm. crazy how that has do, proliferated. Do it? How do you adapt it? Because I'm seeing here, I don't know all these icons, but I'm seeing the icons for uh, oh, pie hole here. It's saying I should be at the Docker site. M- my do understanding have, what do you have of- to do, like if you want to get your your Debian package working. Right. What do you what do, what do you have to do to put it on Docker? Well, Docker. My understanding about Docker is that it it. And I'm going to get so much email. Never. You know what? Save it. Save it. Save it. But Instead, just the short, the short answer is Docker. Answer. Docker uses the containing operating system for a lot of the libraries and dependencies and other things like that. But then within it, you have a a an application and supportive services and stuff existing inside of it and that that makes it so that you don't need to go in and run and install a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. because the normal routine if you wanted to install an application on your server or on your computer is oh well yeah you can you can build that but you need to have these libraries and these other things compiled so like the, and this like custom type thing and, with dependencies it, with tons of dependencies and docker can kind of say we'll give you everything you need to run this inside of a little mini container that you can download. So here's your Docker image. I love that stuff like this exists. It makes me so happy. Me too. I love it's it. It's so cool. So one, as a tease, because we need to go, um, yeah. as a tease for next time, uh, give us a sense of what you, it sounds like you're doing some interesting stuff with your new Synology. You gave me some extremely useful information. Cool. 
on making my Plex stuff uh, play nice with more parts of the system. Well, what, what are you excited about with your Synology right now? Well, first all of all, set up and running. You're doing the stuff. Thank you for encouraging me to get the six bay. You were completely correct. Really? And, okay, um, good, good. You know, I I don't know why I initially started thinking about the two bay that that was that was not an appropriate uh, solution. And and in a way, I feel like I I think I thought I was getting something different and I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was uh, loopy that day or something, but mm-hmm. um, so I, I got canceled that order and got the six bay and it showed up and I, I loaded it full of um, and I'll, I'll put these into the show notes, but I loaded it full of these uh, these Seagate drives that are designed to be used in NAS devices, meaning that they're designed to be to run all the time, basically never mm-hmm. be turned off and, and are fault tolerant and other things. And uh, loaded it up with with six four terabyte drives because I basically said I can go mm-hmm. one of two ways. I can either get smaller drives and deal with an upgrade later that I'll eventually definitely need to have, or I'll be able to uh, load this up now and like then I won't have. To, uh, yes, it's more expensive, but I won't have to upgrade it. I won't uh, have to uh, think uh, about SHR it. SHR one or two. SHR one, right? Yes, uh, one. So you can have one fail. Yeah. Yes, one one of those drives can fail, and there will be no data loss. And that, but the and, and comp- pro tip, everybody keep keep around. If you are SHR one means you can have one drive fail. SHR two means you can have two drives fail, but you do obviously lose a lot of space. My pro tip for you is whatever you got in there, keep a spare of whatever the largest drive mm-hmm. in your thing is, because when when you do need to replace it, and you will at some point, probably isn't it fair to assume that you're going to need to replace it at some point? Yeah, I mean, all drives do fail. They, yeah, these... so keep, if it works long enough, it'll break. So I always keep a spare. So even though I just upgraded, I just popped in a fifth drive, um, I also then immediately bought a replacement for that drive. Yeah. Um, but it's got to be at least as big as your largest drive in there in, in H- That's HR1. That's great advice. And you, it's uh, having that just sitting on the shelf or in the closet away mm-hmm. and then you say, oh, we got a problem, pop it out, put it in, you're done. And you know- It'll take a while. It might take a couple days. In my case, it took a oh, couple yeah. days to, to spread. Yeah, but, but to you rebuild it. using it. So uh, without going into too much detail, just a little teaser for next time, there's so much you can do with a Synology and it, they, they make it so easy to do it. I have a long, long list of really, really cool things. And by the way, you can do these with a two-bay system. The reason that I wanted to to go with a higher system after you and I talked about it and after I really thought about it with, with more bays is because not only do I have an extensive media library, but I also wanted to uh, have an internal backup system uh, for right. time for for time machine, but also we have you know my son has a Windows gaming PC that I yeah, would like to is, be able to back up. This is the last up. thing you want to have in your life where you're worried about putting stuff on there because it'll fill up. This is the, right. The reason this exists is to have that excess capacity. Right. Sorry, sorry, uh, honey. Sorry, kids. Um, <laughs> I can't back up your computers even though we got this fancy new thing. No, mm-hmm. you you want to you want to be able to do everything. So I've got I've got to doing time machine. I've got to do other. But there there's even things built into the Synology where you where I you know they're the Syracuse of the audience saying, well, you're backing up to the Synology, but what's that backing up to? Yes, it, that's built in too. There's, there are, there's a software on <laughs> the Synology. You're not allowed to improve anything in your life unless it's perfect. Don't that's, even attempt it. Don't try. And, but don't that's the trying, thing. Please. They've <laughs> already got software built into the Synology that will allow you to, to back. Well, I'm sure you can only back up to their stuff. <laughs> no, you can back up to their infrastructure or you can back up to Amazon AWS, S3 or AWS. Yeah. yeah, it's there's a whole all there. package for that. Yep. It's all there. And so there, there is, and they have, they have their own 
Dropbox type solution. And mm-hmm. you can get to the Synology from outside of your network. Like they've thought of everything. And there is a whole open source community. If you add an additional package source, you can install all, um, tread lightly, but you can install all these open source software packages. And basically the way people need to have thought of things like a normal RAID drive or RAID array or something like that is that they tend to think of them as like a, it's like a hard drive that just works on the network. The Synology does that, but that is not what the Synology is. The Synology is a full-fledged computer system. It's a server. You're completely above the operating system. You never have to interact with the operating system at the, at the command line level, although you can, but it is a server that can run software. The main thing that it's doing is, uh, is running software that, is kind of invisible and just lets you share stuff. But uh, one of the cool things, I wanted to import some data and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to do the thing where I get my Mac, I plug the hard drive into my Mac and I copy mm-hmm. the data over the network to the thing. All You're right. Like a that's caveman. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, and then I said, oh, wait a minute, crap. The old hard drives that I've had were connected to a Linux server and everything's in EXT4 or, or three uh, drive format, which is something that the Mac doesn't read. Great. What am I going to have to do now? No, no. You just plug that drive into the Synology. The Synology recognizes the file system, no matter what it is. And you just drag and drop and it copies the files. Like, I don't want to, we'll talk more about it next week, but this is pretty darn amazing. And so, uh, yeah, let's Small save it. pieces but. loosely joined. That's I like said. that. Yeah. Is, who said that? Somebody said that. Uh, that was Freud. Probably, uh, it was probably Linus Unix. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. You're right. It's pronounced Linus. Linus Unis. They, they come in pairs, like swans. L- or, or, or for short, Linus. Linus <laughs> Romulus. 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 What an exciting time to be alive! All right, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. I love you too, Merlin Man.